It's Friday, the 22nd of February, 2021. It's Jim, it's the world of bonds. This is for professional investors only and never investment advice. So US 10-year treasuries are at 1.1%. JGB's down at five basis points. Gilt's 32 basis points. Germany, minus 50 basis points. Still the case that the US has underperformed those other markets there. Also seeing break-even inflation rates go up again. So five-year break-evens, this is expected average inflation um, in the US is going to be 2.22% over the next five years. So continued rise there um, across all 10 years. And we're seeing this as well in Europe too. Credit remains tight and in demand. CDX high yield really hasn't moved a lot since the start of December, so it's been hovering around 300 basis points. Um, but true across all credit types, uh, lots and lots of demand still there and credit trading really where it was in January 2020. And in currency land so far this year, the pound has been probably one of the better performers, so up 78 basis points. Um, against the US dollar. The dollar itself has been generally strong, so at 1% against the euro, 75 basis points against the Japanese yen. Uh, at the weekend of things, Brazil, worst performing currency of the year so far, minus 1.5%, and Swedish krona, also uh, one of those uh, currencies that has been weak so far. So Biden has assumed power this week. Fox TV um, had its banner headline uh, last night. Biden's disastrous first week which I thought was a little bit harsh um, given he's only had two or three days in the job it didn't seem that bad to me so overnight we've had uh, the first song written about Janet Yellen in the style of Hamilton um, you can go and look at it on uh, Twitter and uh, Dessa Darling is the Twitter handle or at Marketplace. So at Dessa Darling or at Marketplace. Here you go. I'm going to I'm going to play a little bit, and this means you, you're going to be missing the lovely uh, normal Compton soundtrack that you get on an Uncle Jim's World of Bonds. But here you go. Um, before the copyright police get me and have a brief listen to this. on the left, hawks on the right, cross-talk in the flock, trying to fight mid-flight, but here comes yelling with that inside voice, never mind the mild manner, policies make noise, no, she's five foot nothing, but hand to God, she could pop a collar, she could rock a power bob, baby. Anyway, uh, saves me writing content this morning, I'm going to quickly talk about inflation, um, it's a thing I'm getting asked every single day by clients and uh, people at work. Is it coming back? I think the conditions are probably as ripe as they're ever going to be for a bit more inflation. You know, that's notwithstanding that the big secular trends of uh, demographics and technology and globalization broadly remain in place keeping inflation low but if you're going to get some inflation the conditions are here this year not least and i think most importantly because of base effects you know just as growth is going to be super strong this year inflation will because we had deflation in 2020 let's remember oil prices went negative in march last year um so the year-on-year impact of even modest positively oil prices um, is going to be quite significant. So the base effects means that lots of inflation is baked in the cake. You can think about supply disruptions and so forth as well. And in the UK, I think in particular, um, inflation is is a danger for our economy or indeed stagflation even potentially. But I'm going to quickly whiz through five things from a Morgan Stanley note about why they are inflation bulls for 2020 and quickly talk through them and you, you know make up your own mind. 
Number one, limited scarring. You know, they think that the economy gets back to how it was pretty quickly. They have 6% penciled in nearly for 2021 GDP growth. The stimulus checks, all of these things we know about means that people are going to go back into jobs pretty quickly. And we're going to have a big bounce back with strong growth. Leading on to number two, the, the fact that we do have very high unemployment overstates the economic loss that has been experienced. That permanent economic loss isn't as bad as the economic rate, uh, unemployment rate would have you uh, suggest. So they reckon that 80% nearly of um, unemployment in the US at the moment is in COVID-sensitive um, areas such as restaurants or travel and hospitality, those kind of areas, and that will come back as soon as people are vaccinated. So we have a very high number, but actually that, that can bounce back pretty quickly in the economy. Number three, policymakers are wanting to run the economy red hot. So this is a different situation. We all know how slow the recovery was from the global financial crisis. We have that Reinhardt and Rogoff book about this time it's different, about the amount of government debt. Those kind of arguments aren't around. The austeritarians, if that is a word, um, aren't around at all. You know, we have both monetary policy and fiscal policy going in the same direction. Governments aren't worried about the debt. We see that, you know, we just had the third highest in December UK budget deficit in history. So, you know, these things are uh, are necessary. People realise they're necessary. And there's less uh, demand in the, the you know popular imaginations that we need to retrench as soon as we're through the other side. I think we have to be a bit careful about that because, you know, Austerians don't die, uh, but they, they will they will be back. Uh, but I think that on the whole, people get it this time around. Number four, the equality agenda. Um, and this is kind of the idea that we have had this huge build-up over the past 30 years of lower-income households having stagnant wages and incomes and savings, whereas wealthy people have done exceptionally well, and they've done exceptionally well during the pandemic itself. The biggest beneficiaries of that have been the tech titans and people investing in tech titans. So there is a kind of uh, a renewed focus on transfers, restoring some equality to the the economic sphere and developed markets, moving money transferring from high income to low income, which will will also mean that I think there's, um, or, or rather Morgan Stanley say, that the tech titans will come under pressure to some extent and... Um, they've also been behind some of the disinflation we've seen. You know, we see Amazon and the impact on uh, the high street, or we see Spotify and the impact on the record industry and artists and so forth. And so both of these things together might mean that the tech titans do relatively poorly um, in in terms of legislation and so forth, and there'll also be transfers directly from uh, the well-off to the less well-off. And finally, number five is is simply about the Fed. You know, the Fed has changed its inflation target. It's no longer after 2%. It's after an average of 2%. And given, you know, linking back to what I said about base effects in the UK, same thing is true in the US. We've had below target inflation for a while. So the Fed is going to tolerate higher average inflation uh, for the foreseeable future. All of these things together uh, make Morgan Stanley inflation balls. And I think these are these are pretty much the same arguments that I would make to say that the conditions are here for some higher inflation. But I still think there are some, uh, some big, big challenges uh, for us before we, we can um, see inflation rates get back to 2%. Have great weekends.